This is the Bet Lab Podcast. My name is John Ewing. On today's show, what was Carlos Correra thinking proposing to his girlfriend after the World Series? Can betters take advantage of the slow starts by the Warriors and Cavs? Uh, did the committee get it right in their first college football rankings? And do first-half ATS records predict second-half ATS success in the NFL? But first, let's say hello to our co-host, Travis Reed. What up, Trav? Hey, John. Yeah, not the uh, crazy exciting Game 7 that we were kind of all hoping for after a uh, first six games that were pretty nuts. Uh, but a good series overall, and uh, we got another under, which we were on last night, so it's always good to end the baseball season with a win. But, uh, yeah, let's start off by already talking about next year's baseball odds because, uh, of course, those are already out. Yeah, they have been for a while. Uh, Dodgers and Astros, not surprisingly, are at the top. I'm looking right now at Bet Online, L.A., plus 450, Astros, plus 600. And then you got the usual suspects right behind them. You got the Cubs, Indians, plus 750, Yankees right there in the mix, uh, Nats 10 to 1, so are the Cubs. Uh, anything from these numbers that jump out to you? Not really. Um, most of the research that we've done shows that you actually shouldn't bet, um, you know, especially favorites this early. If you did like an underdog, maybe you could get a good price right now. Uh, but as of right now, there's just too many unknowns for me. There's a lot of trades. Uh, I mean, all the talk is Stanton's going to get traded. That's going to really impact somebody somewhere. Uh, of right. course, the winter meetings, uh, all you know, signing free agents trades. It's, it's really going to change the outlooks for a lot of these teams. So, um, yeah, I think if you like an underdog, uh, maybe you can get them now at a good price. Uh, but if you're liking one of the favorites, all of our research has shown, you know, wait on those. You're almost always getting the worst of the number by taking sure. a favorite this early. Okay, and I said it to start, but seriously, what – the heck was Carlos Carrera thinking proposing to his girlfriend? One, you're 23 year, years old, bro, okay? So slow your roll. You've been dating the girl. I did a quick internet research for just over a year. Okay, I'm happily married, but I'm a man, you know? I'm old. I'm a man. I'm 40. I, I, Come after me. I did not get married at 23. I mean, this guy, I'm going to say, he's fucking up. <laughs> okay. I don't know if I can say that on a podcast, but that's what's going on. I, I, I don't want to be a wet blanket, but come on. This is the most uh, irate I've ever heard you on the podcast. That's funny. Uh, <laughs> I, just, I was just like, dude. Yeah. it's. Uh... And then they, okay, let's say – let's hope that they have a, a blissful marriage. Well, now how do you top this, dude? What, you're going to have to like every single time there's an anniversary, you're going to have to up this? You, you got to think ahead a little bit, you know? Yeah. Just – Posing's a pretty big deal. Winning the World Series is a big deal. Don't put them together. Yeah, although being an all-star shortstop and engaged to uh, Miss Texas, uh, that that's not the worst spot to be in. So I, I can't say that he's uh, effed up too much so far. But, uh, yeah, I, I get where you're at. So I'm telling you right now, I'm fading the relationship. <laughs> if anyone, I, I will take the bet on that. I, I don't want to root against them. That's mean. But come on. I just I thought it was a bad choice. Not a good look. It's not as bad as the as the fan who proposes during the game, like on the fan, like they do the uh, little fan cam, do put him on the jumbotron, then he proposes on the dugout or something like that. That's that's the worst. Um, yeah, that that just needs to end. Like teams need to stop accommodating those requests. Just be like, no, you no, you can't do that. <laughs> okay, so takeaway from baseball: awesome season, exciting World Series. Astros come out on top. 
probably best off not betting either team to win the World Series right now. You're getting the worst of the line. And uh, I'm going to say it. Bet Labs is against uh, proposing at baseball games either in the stands or on the field. I'm fine with that. That could be our new company <laughs> motto. Yeah. Uh, we're keeping it classy. How about a little NBA talk, Travis? Warriors and Cavs haven't looked great to start the season, so should fans in the Bay Area and Cleveland panic? Haven't looked great. Uh, I would say you uh, kind of clean that up rather nicely. Cleveland's looked downright awful, losing three games by at least 15 points. Uh, Golden State, I don't think there's any panic there. Uh, all the talent, they're still kind of working in some of their pinch pieces and things like that. But they're still going to be there in the end. Uh, Cleveland, I think there's got to be a little bit of panic as far as this season and full-blown red alert on LeBron leaving after this season. Um, the only <laughs> way that he was going to stay in Cleveland is if he thought he had a roster around him that could continue to compete for championships. If it's going to kind of struggle through the regular season, he's going to have to carry them into playoffs again. Uh, yeah, he's going to bolt. Uh, everyone suspects the Lakers, but even if it's not the Lakers, it's going to be somebody besides Cleveland. So uh, maybe not too worried right now about their uh, you know, winning the East. Uh, obviously the Wizards, Celtics, and some other teams have looked uh, decent so far that could put up a challenge but uh, I would be more worried about LeBron just bolting next year uh, for a, a different title contender for betters they've gotten crushed wagering on the dubs and Cavs uh, Golden State just two and six against the spread Cleveland is the least profitable team early in the year one and seven against the number so is this a finals hangover? If that is true, is this something that we can take advantage of and maybe uh, fade them here for the next few games? Um, so historically, we looked at teams after they've gotten to the finals, how they did the next year, both in the first half of the season and the second half of the season. And it's right around 50-50 for both cases. So it's not uh, an instance where you can just continue to uh, to fade those teams that get to the finals. I do think it's uh, a little bit different in this case because everybody has kind of put both of those teams on a pedestal higher than the rest of the league. So, um, you know, they could still be a little bit overvalued in the market. Uh, but I think that'll, if I mean, if the Cavs keep losing like this, that's going to change. They're going to be kind of brought down a peg. So uh, I think at, at this point, you probably already missed the boat on fading both those teams because we'll expect them to regress back to normal going forward. Sure, that makes sense. So uh, no value there, unfortunately, even though uh, Warriors and Cavs, again, have been burning betters to start the year. In college basketball, Travis, the top 25 rankings are out in the AP poll. Duke is number one. Michigan State is two. Zona three. Kansas four. And Kentucky rounds out the top five. So with the polls up, how have the odds changed since we last looked at them? Yeah, so uh, Michigan State's made a big jump from uh, ten to one to four to one. So obviously a lot of a uh, a lot of people there taking notice of what they're doing and like their chances. Arizona's moved up a little bit, twelve to one to ten to one. Uh, UCLA went from sixty to one to twenty-five to one. Uh, one team that fell back after the uh, scandal and Patino was ousted, Louisville, fell from 15 to one to 40 to one. So there's some uh, quick early line movement that we've seen. Uh, some of that's based on some late recruiting and things like that. But uh, and then of course with the coaching change there in Louisville. Should uh, should Patino take the assistant job if Gino offers it to him at UConn? No. Did you see that? No, I hadn't <laughs> seen that. Is that for real? I <laughs> yes, he said he would hire him as an assistant coach. No, you can't I, do that. 
you can't you can't go from being Patino, getting the Final Fours, winning championships, and then and then go be an assistant somewhere. No, you gotta. Nah, you can't do that. Well, what's Gino thinking? You you coach a woman's team, and you're bringing in a guy who's had a sexual assault <laughs> scandal, uh, hiring hookers and prostitutes. I mean, what are you thinking? Yeah, it's, that's not a good look there for the uh, preeminent women's basketball team uh, in the country <laughs> to to bring in Patino. But, you know, maybe he wouldn't last very long there, if you know what I'm saying. <laughs> Let's just move on. We'll leave that alone. Uh, OK, Travis, enough basketball. How about a little football talk? We have the rankings in the top 25 for college basketball. Now we have the first college football playoff rankings out as well. Do you think the committee got it right? Uh, I think so. Uh, I, I don't put a whole lot of stock into these. I, you can bet them now, which is crazy. But um, it, it really comes down to who's the best team versus who has the better resume. If you're going by best team, then they got it wrong because everyone knows that Alabama is the best team. But if you go by better resume, then, yeah, Georgia has, um, you know, they've played better teams and done better so far this season. So, yeah, I think that's fine with what they did. Uh, it'll all shake itself out by the, uh, the end of the year. This is just to kind of, um, you know, get people stirred up and interested uh, in college football even more than they already are. So, uh, I, I, like I said, I don't really care too much. But I, if you're going by better resume, putting Georgia at number one is fine. Yeah, right now they just updated odds to make the playoff. Uh, Bama, minus 800. They're the clear favorite. Ohio State, minus 260. Georgia, who's number one right now in the polls, plus 110. And Clemson, plus 200. Uh, we've never seen two teams from the same conference make the playoff. Alabama, Georgia, you know, look like a, they're headed for a collision course in the SEC title game. Do you think if the team that loses – I mean, if Georgia loses, would they make it? I, I could see a case where Bama, you know, falters and then gets in because of their history. But I think it'd be harder for the Bulldogs. It would depend if it's a really close loss, like a three-point loss. You could maybe make the case, and it will depend on what the other teams have done as sure. well. But I, if if either team convincingly wins, it'll be tough to uh, to put them in. Um, you know, if Georgia won by 14 points against Bama, I don't like. I, I guess, like, if that's their only loss. Sure. But, uh, I don't know. That'll be that'll be tough to uh, put two teams in from the, uh, you know, to play on a neutral field when they just played on a neutral field and you know how, how they did. So, <laughs> uh, I, right. I, but, again, it'll depend on, you know, a few different other factors, and one of them will be viewership. If they think, uh, you know, putting Bama in the, as that four spot after they had a loss, um, you know, will draw more eyeballs to the playoff. Uh, don't be surprised if they'll do that as well. Wait, are you saying the NCAA is not no. just about student athletes? What? No, they, they might try to make. This? No, that would be crazy <laughs> talk. First time I'm hearing this, but yeah. okay, interesting theory. We'll see if it plays out. <laughs> uh, another headline in college football this week was Florida. They have decided to part ways uh, mutually, of course, with <laughs> Coach Jim McElwain. So, how do teams perform in their first game after a coach gets canned? Uh, so usually their win-loss record, not very good, which makes sense because uh, if your coach gets fired, you're usually not playing very well 
as a team. Uh, but what we're more interested in is how they're doing against the spread. And in this case, uh, they're 17 and 10 against the spread in their first game after being fired. And there's actually been six coaches in a row that have been fired, and that team has covered uh, the next game. Currently, right now, Florida is a three and a half point underdog at Missouri, uh, which seems high considering I've watched Missouri play this year. Um, so yeah, the uh, the numbers say that um, you know that coach being fired doesn't necessarily mean that the team's just going to give up in that next game. Yeah, I think it's interesting. It's a small sample that only goes back to 2012, but it's something we'll track and uh, see if it continues to play out where maybe uh, betters overvalue the impact of a coach losing, at least in the next game. Uh, something else that we're seeing a lot of action on this week is the under in the Army Air Force game. Sharp betters are pounding the under, so why are they targeting this game? Yeah, so this has been one of our earliest bet lab systems from a few years ago we quickly noticed that anytime these uh, service academies play each other it goes under the total um, so far unders are 28 and 8 with one push and usually that line is going down as soon as it opens um, there's a lot of reasons for that we talked about this in our action network uh, slack channel um, you know both teams are running the option so there's a lot of running clock there's not a lot of incomplete passes or anything like that um, also the defenses uh, they play against um, you know the first team offense they know how this triple uh, option usually runs so they can defend it better than other teams those were some uh, kind of hypotheses about why this continues to go under but we've already seen some sharp action uh, bet online opened at 66 and a half they're down to 58 Pinnacle opened at 59 and a half. They're down to 56. So, um, 66 and a half. Jeez. Yeah, that so, is a huge line move. Yeah, so we've seen uh, already people are starting to be aware of this trend um, and hitting those numbers as soon as they come out when they open a little bit too high, or a lot too high in this case. I can say I got them at 59, yeah, and then now it's down to 56. So a lot of movement. Wouldn't be surprised if it keeps ticking down the closer we get to kickoff. Uh, so – Keep that in mind when you see these service teams play each other. Uh, how about some other trends for uh, this coming Saturday? A bunch of top 25 matchups, Bama, LSU, Clemson, NC State, Penn State, Michigan State, Oklahoma, Oklahoma State. Take your pick. What do you got for us? Uh, I'm going to start with Bama. They're actually 21.5-point favorites against LSU. Huge rivalry there, right? Three-touchdown favorite. Um, but versus ranked teams, Alabama is 18-18 and 18 against the spread in their own division, the SEC West, and 19-6 and 6 against all others. So you may see a trend about how they're good against um, ranked teams, but when in those ranked um, are when those ranked teams are within their own division that play them year after year after year, um, you know, they don't do quite as well. It's just a 50-50 uh, ATS win percentage. Uh, another one, uh, this applies to uh, Bama and also Georgia. Uh, in college football playoff era, undefeated teams in November, December, I thought this was a crazy number, 17 and 34 with a push. That's a 33.3% win rate. Um, so f obviously fading those undefeated teams in November, December is going to be a 66.7% win rate. So just a crazy number there. Again, uh, we're dealing with some smaller sample sizes, but it uh, makes a lot of sense to fade mm -hmm. those teams that are getting a lot of airtime, getting a lot of coverage, that are probably in these uh, college football playoff rankings after getting off to a hot start to go ahead and start to bet against them at this time of the year. Uh, some other ones that I like that are just playing on recency bias. So how about Ohio State? 
They get a huge comeback against Penn State. They move up to number three in the polls. Now they're favored on the road by uh, 18 points at Iowa. Uh, Public getting on the Buckeyes this week as well. Nearly 60% of spread bets. But top 10 teams after beating a top 10 opponent, 57-82 with two pushes. That's 41% against the spread. Uh, So, you know, casual fans, they see a team perform in a marquee game. They think, oh, hey, they're going to do the same thing. The next week, they tend to let you down. So Ohio State, as a big favorite, could be tough for them to cover against a conference opponent. And then Penn State, you know, they have a heartbreaking loss to the Buckeyes. Top 10 teams after a loss, 27-48-6. and six. That's 36% against the spread. So not a huge sample because usually if a top 10 team loses, they're going to fall further down in the polls. But Penn State's at number seven right now. They're favored by nine points on the road against 24 Michigan State. Uh, Two examples of where I think we can go against the public and take advantage of recency bias. Yeah, I definitely agree. I saw a lot of talk with Ohio State's, you know, back. Uh, They're right back into title contention and everything like that. So, um, you know, of course, now's the perfect time to bet against them. Uh, They can still win the game. Obviously, there's there's a huge, um, you know, span there of 18 points where they can still win the game and you still cover that bet. Travis, a question we get all the time here on Twitter is why do our numbers not like the Eagles this year? Philly, 7-1, and one, the best record in football, but we consistently have them behind uh, the Patriots, the Steelers, and the Seahawks. Why is that? Uh, because I hate Philadelphia. I just hate the city, the whole t- everyone that lives there. Now, of Screw course, brotherly love. Yeah, That's not uh, yeah. They play the Eagles have played a really easy schedule so far. They played Washington twice, which the simulation doesn't like. They just beat San Francisco. Uh, they have Denver coming up this week. That's not going to improve it any more. But uh, uh, we have we have them as top five. It's not like we think they're middle of the road. We still think they're a really good team, but uh, they just haven't really faced um, any of the elite competition. The one time they did, they lost to the Chiefs. Um, so they'll have to, uh, and they'll have their chances coming up. They have games at Seattle, at Dallas. Uh, they have a game at L.A. Rams. Uh, so they have a couple of road games here where they can prove everyone that they're the best uh, team in the league. Uh, we still really like their chances. They're the most likely team uh, to get the number one seed in the NFC. So it's not like we think they're garbage or anything like that. We just don't think they should be favored over uh, Pittsburgh, New England, or Seattle at this point in the season. Travis, before the season began, we looked for value bets uh, on every team's win total. We called out a few teams as the, our best bets. How are those looking right now? We are geniuses. That's how it's looking right now. <laughs> uh, we like the Jets over, uh, and I think we were the only people. We, we got to start grave digging some of those tweets whenever we said we like the Jets over because we were just getting called terrible, terrible things. Uh, we also like the Jaguars over. Uh, they look really good this year. Uh, a couple of unders we like the Broncos and the uh, Buccaneers. A lot of people like the Buccaneers as the trendy sleeper type to make the playoffs this year. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, that was a great time to kind of go against that conventional wisdom and take their under. So all four of those are looking good. Still a lot of football left to play, and a lot of things can happen. But uh, so far, so good for those uh, picks right now. What teams – I mean, because we run our simulations every week, and we update – playoff probabilities, Super Bowl odds. We also update win totals as well. So eight weeks into the season, which teams have our projections changed the most on from a future record standpoint? Uh, well, the Eagles, just talked about them. Uh, originally, we thought their most likely record. And again, there's a there's a 
spectrum here of where they could end up and where we thought they would end up before the season. But most likely record uh, was eight and eight. That's jumped to twelve and four. Uh, Rams made a big jump as well, six and ten. Now we actually think their most likely record is ten and six. Uh, as far as the downside, 49ers, we thought they'd be around 5 and 11. Now we have that down to 2 and 14, uh, and they still have a have a chance to go 0 and 16 as well. Uh, Arizona and Giants are also uh, teams that their win total dropped by three wins from what we thought before the season. So uh, this is you know pretty common. Whenever you have this many games, you're expecting some teams to overperform and some to underperform right. each year. So the Browns are on a bye week. If you're still in a survivor pool, you're probably running out of options, and you can't fade Cleveland. So where are you going to go? How are you going to make it to week 10? Right. So since the Browns aren't the uh, fade option this week, everyone's fading uh, the Colts. They have looked pretty bad themselves. Uh, Texans, huge 13-point favorites against them at home this week. Uh, I, I actually don't think they're the best option. I'm going to try to gain back some of that brotherly love and say the Eagles, I think, are the best pick this week. Uh, I would follow that with the Seahawks as the second best. Then I would take the Texans. Uh, if you're running out of those three, if you already use those three, uh, I think Jaguars are four and then Saints five um, uh, to run out the uh, list of options there for this week. Something I think is interesting to talk about because it gets a lot of push on social media are teams' ATS records. I know we update them every week. Just simple information that people love. Uh, you know, They're all over the Chiefs right now because Kansas City has been the most profitable team in the first half of the season. But does a team's first half record have any impact on how they perform in the second half of the season? No, it really doesn't. Um, if you look at the first eight games, if you look at teams that have six or more wins against the spread, uh, they're 51% against the spread in the second half of the season. Even if you look at the opposite, teams that have two or fewer wins against the spread in those first eight games, they're 53.4% in the second half. So um, we tend to, like we talked about earlier, we tend to see teams regress towards the mean. Um, mm -hmm. If if you listen to the Chad and Scooch pod, you never hear Scooch talk about, well, their ATS record is this, so we set the line here. Um, yeah, they're, they're not making that decision based on how well a team has covered, um, you know, so far this season, and that's impacting the line at all. So uh, it's really just mostly a 50-50 proposition, uh, regardless of whether a team's done really well so far against the spread or really poorly. Yeah, and, and it's just a mistake that, unfortunately, casual bettors continue to make. They do look at a team's record. They do remember if they've been covering recently or not, and they tend to chase after these squads. So Kansas City, Buffalo, Philly, uh, three most profitable teams in our database, teams that are also getting a bunch of public support heading into week nine. Unfortunately, their success here in the first eight weeks of the season does not necessarily guarantee that they will be good against the number in the final eight. So something to keep in mind, uh, especially when you hear other analysts or you see it on Twitter, don't believe the hype, don't get caught up in recency bias. Yeah. Um, how about some other trends, Travis, for week nine? Uh, anything contrarian angles that we could take? Uh, yeah, I'm going to jump the gun here and just go ahead and give out my pick this week. Uh, All right. Yeah, I, I'm going off script here, but I, I really like the Giants this week. 
Uh, we have four pro systems on the Giants. Uh, the Rams are currently getting 77% of bets as three-and-a-half-point favorites on the road. Uh, so definitely think this is a good contrarian spot. Like I said, we have a bunch of pro systems on there as well. One of them is uh, betting against the public after a bad offensive game. Even though the Giants are off a bye, people are still remembering that they looked just awful scoring um, you know, two weeks ago. And mm-hmm. like I said, a um, bunch of people are already jumping on the Rams. So it's a great system. Uh, 6-0 and this year, 61.5% against the spread all time. Uh, and like I said, we have three other – we have a lot of factors that are all pointing towards the Giants. They're definitely my favorite play on the NFL board this week. Uh, another one – and you know what? Since you gave out yours, I'll just give out mine. It's looking at taking bad ATS teams against good ATS teams. The Bucks are 1-5-1 and one against the spread. The Saints are 5-2. and two. Uh, Betters are on New Orleans. The casual fans like the Saints. They've been putting up points. They've been winning five straight now. But bad ATS teams are a good option, and it's smart to fade the teams that have been on a roll against the spread. So bad ATS against good ATS, uh, 153 and 121. That's 56% against the spread. If it's in division games, 57 and 38, that's 60% against the spread. we got a pro system that uses this information. All of it points to the Bucks plus a touchdown as an underdog. Uh, Travis, those are our plays for the week. Anything else you want to give out? Any college football that jumps out to you? I was looking at a couple pro systems. You know, the big game is Bama LSU this week. Uh, we got a pro system on the Tigers. I think we just give that out right now as well. It's looking at road te- teams on a road streak uh, and heavily bet games, and you definitely want to target heavily bet games in college football. Uh, that means there's more square action, and it gives you an opportunity to take advantage and fade them. So LSU plus 21, uh, taking the underdog. We already know we gave out those trends that the Tide have struggled to cover uh, against ranked teams in the SEC West. Yeah, that's another good one. I'll, I'll throw in one more. We talked about it earlier. Uh, Florida, uh, after their coach got fired, that there's generally some value there. We actually have a money line system on Florida, currently plus 145 at Missouri. Uh, it's been one of our best systems so far this year. It has an ROI right around 20%. Uh, so, yeah, Florida plus 145 to get the uh, the upset at Missouri this year, uh, this season, this week. Wow, I'm already jumping forward in time. Just... <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, anytime I, uh, I I see Mizzou football on the screen, I, I start to have spasms because, I, like I said, I've watched them play this year. Okay, so Giants and Bucks in the NFL, Gators and Tigers in college football. That's going to do it for us today on the podcast. Remember, subscribe on SoundCloud or anywhere you get your podcast. Follow us on Twitter at bet underscore lab. Until next time, for Travis, I'm John. Peace.